Hello, JRPG fans. Welcome back to the JRPG Report. My name is James Fisher. This is episode 59 of your sometimes weekly JRPG uh, podcast. <laughs> Most time we try to do this every week. Kind of just depends on what's going on in my life and what is going on around the world. But we do have a uh, a good amount of things to talk about this week. Um, it's probably going to be a little on the short side, so uh, don't get too settled in. Uh, we will uh, kind of run through these things and uh, get you going on with your day. But thank you so much for, for making us a part of your day. I really do appreciate that. Um, first and foremost, let's talk about something that broke uh, just, uh, I think, a day after our last uh, podcast. And that is we finally have a date for Trails of Cold Steel 2 for PS4. Now, you're probably saying to yourself, but I thought there already was a release date. And man, it's it's uh, not uh, not too long before the game is actually coming out for a game that came out many years ago to be announcing a release date. I, I agree with all these sentiments, um, but here is the firm date. It is coming out on June the 4th in North America, June 7th in Europe, and that is directly from Exceed Games. And uh, Marvelous Europe, who will be handling duties over there. Um, originally, I had even reported this as well, that it had a release date of May the 28th. Um, Amazon is still saying that it's coming out May the 28th. So I will let you know if there's a package delivered to my house on this date and it has a game in it or if uh, we've got to wait an extra week or not. Uh, there's been various websites uh, reporting all kinds of different release dates. Um, but this is when it's actually coming out. So if you are playing through Trails of Cold Steel 1 right now, you've got a little bit more time than you thought you had. And personally, I am thankful of this because I am going to be on vacation uh, the, that week that it was originally set to come out. So this will be an awesome thing to come home from vacation. Now I know that doesn't affect everyone. And uh, like I said, that's just a bit selfishly on my part. Um, so there is still the um, digital edition that will come out for thirty nine ninety nine, And uh, we are again getting a special edition. They're calling this the Relentless Edition. And much like the first one, um, but a little different in this, that you get the copy of the game, you get the uh, Ouroboros emblem pin this time, the musical section CDs, it's got 23 tracks in total. You get a pack of seven uh, Septarion cards, and you get the Steelbook case featuring only artwork with a separate outer packaging design. So if uh, I'll give... Give a few thoughts on Trails of Cold Steel as we get through all the uh, news and notes. I am getting near the end of it, but not quite there yet. So again, uh, firm firm date on Trails of Cold Steel 2 coming out June 4th in North America, June 7th in Europe. A quick note, uh, a game we've talked about briefly on the podcast, but really haven't gone into too much depth on it. And that is Ark of Alchemists, 
Um, there hasn't been a ton of information out there uh, from Idea Factory International, but uh, we're probably going to get even less of it as this one has been delayed. They were previously wanting to bring this out this summer in North America and Europe. Uh, it will now launch in the fall or in the winter, rather. Um, so, anywhere from uh, late this year into even early next year for Ark of Alchemist, people who, who may have been looking forward. Uh, to this one will have to wait a little bit longer and also they've already announced which is a little bit weird i think if you're going to push back a title it's kind of weird to make an announcement like this but uh, north american fans you can only get this game digitally now Um, while in europe it will still be available both physically and digitally um like i said i think that's a weird announcement to make that you're going to delay a game up to six months later and then cut out the physical copies for for North America. Just seems kind of weird. But it's a business decision, and uh, maybe they're saying since we got to spend all this money, extra money on uh, development and research, that uh, we're going to try to recoup some of our losses by going digital only in North America. So again, yeah, Ark of Alchemist... Gonna be waiting a, a little bit longer on that one. Uh, just a quick brief: we talked last week about a uh, a game called Blue Wing uh, Cavalier, and we aren't really sure much more about that if it's going to be coming to the West or not. But we did get some additional information about that. That is apparently a remake of a game called Students of Round. This was uh, revealed in the latest issue of uh, Weekly Famitsu. Um, Students of Round is a dungeon RPG that first came out back in the PC, uh, back in 2010 for the PC in Japan. It was uh, later reported to the Xbox 360 in 2011. PSP got it in 2012. Again, I don't know if that was Japan only or not. I probably would uh, lean towards that. Um, when this game does come out, uh, it will also have the... Uh, 2016 Dungeon RPG Stranger of Sword City Revisited included. And I'm pretty sure I remember that one uh, actually getting released over here on Vita, if I am not mistaken. So if this game does make it to the West, or if you're wanting to import this one, you can do that. Um, it'll be out July 25th, and it sounds like you're getting uh, a lot of game. Uh, bang for your buck so to speak. Another delay for uh, another title some of you may have been looking forward to, that is uh, Labyrinth of Galeria, Covenant of Dusk. That one is getting pushed back to um, what was previously supposed to come out on July 25th in Japan, and it's getting pushed all the way back to spring of 2020. So yeah, that's uh, that's quite a delay Nippon Ichi announced that over the past couple of days, that's one that's coming for PS4 and Vita, and they need some more time to work on this one. So uh, that was just a Japan listing. So if it comes west, you're you're now looking something maybe like the summer or the fall. So be waiting for uh, Labyrinth of Galeria for quite a bit longer. Uh, speaking of games, we waited a long time for uh, Code Vein. Uh, they are finally starting, I think, to probably get this one going, and they have announced that they will be hosting a closed network test 
later in May for PS4 and Xbox One. If you guys uh, go on to uh, Gametsu, there is a story about that with a link that you can actually follow to try to get signed up for that. It's not something that you are interested in. The closed network test will allow players to create their own character, play through the opening segment of the game, and play through an online co-op dungeon. Uh, Still no firm release date on this. Uh, Additional details regarding the times and dates of the closed network will be announced at a later date. But those of you who enjoy doing beta tests, you are maybe can get signed up for this one and get to see an early build of this game. Still no, like I said, no firm release date, just uh, PS4, Xbox one and PC sometime in 2019. Um, a game I'm looking forward to. I didn't play the first two, uh, but I'm looking forward to this one more than I thought it would be. That's Marvel ultimate Alliance three, uh, the black order. That is the team up between uh, Team Ninja and Nintendo. It's coming out here sooner than I thought it was. Um, July 19th. Like I said, I didn't get to play the first ones, but this one looks pretty cool and obviously could not come out at a better time with in-game uh, still uh, dominating the uh, <laughs> the movie theaters. I think I heard it's already the fifth biggest movie of all time. Already, and uh, sure looks like it's headed towards maybe towards number one. But Game Informer is doing a big spread on it. It is going to be their cover story for the uh, June issue. So if you are a Game Informer subscriber, you'll probably be getting that pretty soon. I think they said, and uh, you know, anytime you do a cover story for Game Informer, it's a ten-page spread. So that's more information than I can cover in the entire podcast. And uh, you'll want to. Check that out, and if you're looking forward to it coming out on the Switch, you'll get that pretty soon. Um, of course, you can get that down at GameStop, too, if you're still uh, still curious to read more um, and see more about, about that title. Um, the Tales of series hit a interesting milestone. Um, I'm not sure when, but uh, obviously since the release of Tales of Vesperia, they have now topped 20 million units sold worldwide uh, for the entire series. Um, it first launched, of course, back in December of 1995 with Tales of Fantasia back on the Super Famicom. And most recently with Tales of Vesperia back in January. Um, quite a milestone. Uh, they are celebrating three ways. They say uh, there is a digital sale going on on select titles. Um, you can see that live on stream right now. I don't know if and when those are coming to um, the PSN store or the uh, Microsoft store or not. There wasn't any information about that, and I haven't got a chance to to pop on the computer. But as of uh, right now, it is live on Steam. You can check that out. Of course, uh, Tales of Berseria was... I want to say down to either uh, 10 or $20 back on the golden week sale. And now it's man, that's a steal. That was such a great game. Um, they're also doing a wallpaper and icons, a free tales of Vesperia definitive edition wallpaper and set of tales of series. Social network service icons are available for download. And uh, even Japan, they're doing a Twitter 
campaign with the hashtag, uh, you know, blah, 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 something in Japanese that I don't know what it says. But uh, <laughs> you can check that out. That's also a story on Gamatsu, so you can check out the links for that if you uh, are so inclined. But um, very cool milestone for a game series that is near and dear to my heart. And as soon as I hear anything more about the game currently in development in the Tales of series, I will let you guys know, of course. I would guess we're going to get some sort of announcement teaser trailer that'll go on at the tales of festival and um in a little over a month june 15th and 16th they usually like to roll out something special for the fans there uh, we got two pieces of information on uh, persona 5 royal that seems like that has been streaming in here lately i, I anticipate that'll go dark here pretty soon but uh, with the announcement there's some more details that have uh come out and then uh, in particular from a weekly Famitsu, they got a good scoop on that. So uh, there's a new director for the game um, that will be uh, Daiki Ito. He was the lead confident planner on Persona 5, as well as the project director of Persona 4 Golden. Um, we also have... Uh, oh, uh, again, I apologize on Japanese names. I'm not. I'm not the best at it. So, uh, Kazahasa Wada, on the other hand, had no involvement in the original Persona Five, but he was uh, the chief designer for Persona Four Golden and the director on Persona Four Arena, Arena Ultimax, and Dancing All the Night. So these are uh, new directors, actually, not just one. Uh, Katsura Hashino, the director and producer of the original. Uh, Persona 5 is currently working in, as the director and producer on the very still strated in secrecy Project Re Fantasy. We can't wait to hear some more about that title, and knowing that it is in his capable hands makes me very excited and rest assured that it's going to be something worth waiting for. Of course, Persona 5 Royal is due out on PS4 October 31st. That's Halloween in Japan. And still just a loose 2020 in the West. Now, there was even more <laughs> information re- <laughs> revealed about this game. Um, and, of course, Weekly Famitsu. They get all the good scoops. So, I'm just going to read through these tidbits of information here. And uh, just try to keep up if you can on them. <laughs> So we speculated a little bit on what the Royal title meant. And um, at least my speculation was completely baseless. And I don't know how I could have guessed this, but they say the reason the subtitle for Royal is because we wanted to express our enthusiasm to make a gorgeous title. And these are the aforementioned uh, new director, Daikiato and producer Kazuhasa Wada. So they are both answering these questions and uh, they say we're not simply adding new elements we're making it easier to earn experience points so you can play at a better tempo uh, we mentioned the play assist feature a couple weeks ago it is uh, this feature further implements everyone's voices into the game it considers your character parameters and confidence then suggests a destination which you can move with the push of a button I really like that idea that should make things 
a lot easier. I mean, we all, you know, we travel by subway to every location. We saw that animation a thousand times. We can probably just do a little bit of fast travel this time around. That'll be okay. Now this is, um, particularly interesting. Listen to this. We're making the volume of the newly implemented third semester to go beyond the expectations of those who have experienced the volume of persona for golden. So if you are one of the lucky few like myself who played P4 on PS2 and then played golden on the Vita, you kind of understand what they're saying here. And that's exciting because there was, I mean, golden was the definitive version of the game, but it didn't change the game. So that's kind of what they're doing here. Um, this is not simply DLC. This is, uh, the game perhaps as it should have been the first time, but you know, in, in particular with persona fours case, there was nothing wrong with persona four the first time that they came out. You know, we're not talking an FF 15 where the game was broken and unfinished when it was first released and they have since fixed it. This is only adding to the experience. So it definitely makes me all the more enthusiastic to plop down another 50 or 60 bucks <laughs> for this game again when it comes out. Uh, new character Kasumi increases the perspective and flavor of the story and as someone who will expose the existing characters in a new light. Naturally, she is being tweaked to blend into the story. As you play through the game, you will see a different side of her from the teaser trailer. Uh, Kasumi also has a confidence that you can level up, and they say this confidence is an extremely nice adult character. Uh, when asked if they had to say yes or no to there being new confidence other than Kasumi and uh, Mariyuki, that's um, they said they said they'd have to say yes. So look forward to more information in the future. So perhaps looking to include more characters at, at the very least, I'd say there's going to be more confidence. That seems like a lot easier to implement than a new character. Uh, if you have saved data for persona five, you will get some sort of bonus. They're not going into details yet. You will not be able to use the same save data for persona five where it'll have or so you can load up and get a, a I don't know if you'll get a load up. I, it sounds like you're going to be out. You're going to have to start all over. Um, this is not like Treasure Cold Steel, where you could implement your save file and start from there. It sounds like this is a new game. You'll get some sort of uh, bonus, but you're going to need a brand new save file for Persona Five Royal. There are 20 new background music tracks, and there was one picture that I, I did see and didn't comment on it, and they're talking about this now. They said, there's a scene where a mysterious new handsome guy character sleeps in the same bed as the protagonist. And it, when I first saw that image, the, the you know Joker and this guy, they look fairly similar. There's not a huge amount of difference. They both have dark hair, slim builds. Um, and the guy was laying down on his bed and Joker, I believe was standing up if I remember the image correctly. Um, so I'm not sure if this is perhaps one of the new, um, players that they were talking about uh, implementing into the game and they just haven't announced it yet. Um, is this maybe a, a romantic type of option? You know, we've seen games where you can, 
choose to be either uh, homosexual or heterosexual. That's maybe that is something I don't want to speculate too much because I have no information whatsoever on it. Um, just could be a new friend who's taking a nap, you know, who knows? I'm sure we will find out much more about this title, but it's really cool that, that these tidbits of information are, are definitely uh, making me salivate a little bit more and more for this game. Um, I did recently try to get back into P5, um, and when I was trying to decide what to what to play in a, in a gaming lull, and I couldn't quite bring myself to do it. it, just I just wasn't feeling it at the time. Um, so I think now that I know this, I'll just wait. You know, maybe you know, surely a year from now we'll be playing this game. So we'll have to uh, wait until then. But certainly looking forward to Persona Five Royal. When that happens, let's take just a quick break and uh, thank our sponsor for this podcast and be right back. So not to be outdone by uh, Weekly Fumetsu, the official PlayStation Magazine UK in their June 2019 issue is doing a 10 page feature on Grand Blue Fantasy. And uh, the the feature uh, talked about both Relink and Versus, but we'll focus on Relink. That seems like it's more up our avenue um so they're saying that uh and i'm not sure who they were interviewing but just uh, this is just a, a kind of a bullet note um article that said uh, while platinum games left the project earlier in the year the bulk of what it built remains including level layout character animation and fighting systems so everybody <laughs> can breathe a sigh of relief the Platinum Games' battle fighting system is fully implemented in there. You know, I did not anticipate that they were just going to be like, nah, let's just scrap everything that Platinum worked on. It certainly looked like this was the uh, the foundation that the game was built on and uh, side games, which is going to further run with it. Uh, each character has its own fighting style and is tied to a certain weapon or weapon type. Well, that makes sense. Uh, the game progresses in a mostly linear fashion, but there will be additional activities. You can pick up side quests from the towns you visit along the way and come and go between them as you please. This is according to director uh, Tetsuya Fukuhara. So doesn't this is not in an open world game. Um, you're not going to be able to explore uh, all over the place. I'm sure there will be areas to explore. Um you're probably talking something more like Trails of Cold Steel where, you know, there is the one area that you can kind of go, but you still got to pretty much run from from place to place up in the Nord Highlands. It's You can explore, but you've got to go to the places that you got to go to. There's really no point other than, you know, find the uh, treasure chest all throughout the land. Uh, towns also act as lobbies where you can team up with other players online and take on missions. You can play solo with the rest of your four-person party being AI-controlled. Love this idea. This sounds really cool. You know, a place that you can team up with your buddies um, or other players to take on uh, take on challenges. It's not required, but it's optional. That's what I like. I, I don't want to be forced into some sort of MMO. I don't want to be... <laughs> I, I just want to play how I want to play. And this sounds... Um, Exactly like a, 
most of you guys probably didn't care for this game, but I kind of liked uh, White Knight Chronicles back on PS3, and it kind of had this option as well that you could uh, team up with people or you could not. And I'm sure th- there's been lots of games that have done that since then, but not uh, not perfect by any stretch, but you know it's lots of fun. Uh, he said regarding characters. Uh, Quote, we know there are many fan favorites, so we'll try to fit as many of them as we reasonably can. It's not possible to match the roster size of the original game. Uh, of course, the, as, and the development team has its hands full deciding who makes the final cut. They're, they're referencing Grand Blue Fantasy, which is a uh, a mobile game in Japan or Korea. I think it's Korea. They don't say right here, but I'm almost sure that's what it was. And these two games are being based off of that. If you've played any mobile games, you'll know that the roster of characters is is immense. I'm playing a couple of them uh, right now, and it's like, I mean, there could be 100 characters on there. So you're not going to see 100 people in this game. Um, We've seen a few of them already. They've been announced. But I would anticipate the final roster size under 20, if I had to guess, maybe closer to 10. And, uh, yeah, like I said, they've probably got some really tough decisions to make on uh, which fan favorites to include. For gamers, you know, outside that area who have never played it before, I don't think it really matters as much. We just want cool characters that with awesome fighting styles and, and good stories and uh, that they're compelling and engrossing. But, again, this is the game that I'm really looking forward to. And uh, hopefully when this... Um, article goes live i'll be able to really dive into it a little bit more get my hands on it but uh until then we don't know a ton about it but we're learning a little bit more all the time and that is uh very exciting indeed and that's all the news i have uh for this week what you know got some some cool things to talk about uh like i said i'm still playing through trails of cold steel one just Taking my time, uh, streaming about an hour or two every night on a good night. Uh, some nights I can't. That's just the way it is. You can, of course, head over to the JRPG Report YouTube page and uh, give us a like and thumbs up and subscribe and all that fun stuff. And you can check out our nightly or almost nightly live streams. And we've got some videos over there as well. Um, I think I hit the 60-hour mark last night. And I'm still in Roar, which is uh, Chapter 6. And uh, the kids are getting ready for their festival uh, next month. I should be getting back to do that right now. But still just uh, really loving, loving the game. It is uh, The only part I don't like is, like in particular right now in Roar, um, you, when you go on the field studies, they split the, the Class 7 in half. Sometimes you get a pretty good draw, like uh, in Legrom, I had like pretty much my all-star team. That was I was rocking and rolling with it. And this month in Roar, I've got what I, I call like my, my B squad of uh, half-party uh, with me. <laughs> Even I mean, I've statted boosted them as much as I possibly can, and they're just. They're just okay at best. Like um, having to choose between Elisa and Crow as and Machias 
for me as the last members of my team it's kind of like oh i don't like any of these options um elliot had to go in there because of his spell you know you got to have your spellcaster so it's either going to be elliot or emma um, of course they're they're doing all the healing and, and buffs and stuff like that too but you know i like to roll with a tank and two other fighters and then a healer splash slash spellcaster and so right now it's reen uh fee and crow and they're just nah, not not loving it but i'm almost done with that chapter hopefully i can head back and uh the next one won't be as won't be as weak but that's just my personal preference everybody's got their own you know own preferences for party makeup and that's what makes these games so much fun and so unique but i'll give you an update on uh on that one i did want to say um there was a funny uh part the other night where um uh the prince's bodyguard. So you definitely have certain scenes that are voice acted and certain scenes that are not. But um, right in the middle of the uh, the cut scene, you've got the prince talking in voice acted. And then his bodyguard um, just has text. And then it goes back to the prince and he's voice acted. <laughs> and it goes back to the bodyguard and it's just text. It was very, it was humorous and odd at the same time. And you're thinking like, oh, well, they they just didn't get voice acting for this character. He's a minor character. Doesn't show up very often. Uh, I can, okay, sure. But then like an hour later, they're there again. And the bodyguard's talking, fully voice acted. <laughs> somebody just uh fell asleep at the wheel or, or they lost that line of of recording somewhere in the studio somebody accidentally deleted it or something but uh that kind of that stood as a humorous uh, humorous moment for me I, the game is full of stuff like that there was one one part last night in roar after you meet up with claire the uh the next morning with the but the whole team just giving Rain a hard time. Uh, we're a family-friendly show, so I won't say some of the things that they said to him. But <laughs> that's one of my favorite scenes of the entire game. Uh, very, very humorous. But speaking of voice acting, I, I definitely touted time and time again, and this is also being touted for part two, that there was over 50% of uh, added voice lines to this game. There is still a ton of stuff that's not voice acted. I'll just go ahead and tell you guys this. There is there is a lot of reading required to the point to where there's sometimes when a, a scene is suddenly voice acted that you're kind of surprised. It kind of just pops up at you. But more, I wouldn't say it's 50-50, you know. And there's, there's plenty of stuff that doesn't need to be voice acted because the the game would be over like two Blu-rays if it had that much information on it. It'd be, it'd be very full, but yeah, don't, don't think that you're getting this complete, you know, you don't have to read anything. There's, there's still quite a lot of text to it, but, um, that's going to wrap it up for today's show. Episode 59 of the JRBG report podcast. Appreciate you guys listening in. Don't forget to uh, leave us a review on your favorite podcast podcast listening platform that'll help push that out there to even more people that would hopefully like to hear about this and uh if you want to you can head over and uh 
give us some listener support. You can do that through the Anchor app or um, uh, various other methods. If you'll follow all those links, you can you can figure that out. I would greatly appreciate that as well. Don't forget, if you've got the Anchor app, you can leave us a voicemail uh, on your phone. I'll get it, and uh, I'll include it in a future episode of the podcast. I would, we haven't had any of those yet. I would love to have it, so... Uh, either that or you can head over to Facebook and leave us a leave us a comment. We'll talk about that as well. Until next time, guys, this has been James Fisher for the JRPG Report. And uh, until next time, get back out there and level up.